Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second ever episode of Panthers Pathway on the Fan First Sports Network and the Pit Talk Sports Network. I'm Austin Beck told as the football season is officially underway for the Panthers in 2023 after a successful whopping of Womford. The Panthers are back in action this upcoming week at Akershire Stadium, second home game in a row against the Cincinnati Bearcats as an old rivalry is renewed. I am very happy and pleased to be joined alongside former Pitt and Penn State linebacker Johnny Patrician. JP, what's going on, man? Austin, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here, excited to talk some Pitt football with you. Let's get after it. Uh, it's great to be joined with you today. And I want to first start with your background, Central Catholic to Penn State to Pitt. What has your football journey been like for you? Oh, man, uh, that's a great question. How long do we have? I could go about that forever. Um, it's been very unexpected. Um, I'd say I couldn't have predicted in a million years the turns that it took, um, but the journey's been so fun. Um, the ups and downs, uh, it, you know, and it's still going on. Um, so I, I still plan on playing football for a lot longer. Um, it's the XFL or the CFL this year, then try to get back in the NFL. Um, so, but, you know, the, the, the journey and the, the hardships and the adversity and the ups and downs, that's the fun part, you know, when it, when it doesn't go to plan. And that's where you learn about yourself. And um, so, so it's, it's been amazing. I'm so grateful uh, that I've met so many great people and have had amazing experiences and I've been lucky to go to two extremely prestigious universities in Pennsylvania and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. So the Panthers began the season 45 to seven crushing Wofford pretty much expected for Pitt to be able to do so. Wofford was only a touchdown in the final couple of minutes of the game. Now entering Cincinnati, a rivalry game, the old Padawheel trophy though, as Noah Hiles of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette pointed out, will no longer be presented. First, I want to get your thoughts on rivalry trophies. So this is one that uh, was last won, I believe, by Cincinnati in 2012. And it's one of the oddest-looking trophies. I don't know if you've seen it before, but it's, it's a very tall trophy. It has a wheel on the end of it, which is like a gear. It looks like an old thing that you'd find on a railroad car in, like, 1885. But it was based on tradition and history. And now it appears that the trophy has been retired. And fans were looking to try to find one online. There was one for like $2,000, one for like $5,000. Just a bunch of things outrageous. But, I mean, you played in a ton of rivalry games. What is it like to be able to experience that? And is a trophy a little bit of added incentive put on? Uh, you know, that's that's a funny question. Um, To be honest, well, I think – the true rivalry games, I don't think there's a trophy involved. But, you know, there's a few matchups and games where there is a rivalry trophy involved that you don't really consider it to be a rivalry. I remember at um, when I was at Penn State, we won, we won a game against Minnesota, and it ended up being a rivalry game that we didn't even know about. We got a trophy after the game. We were like, we, we didn't have any idea. And the same thing. When we played uh, Michigan State, we got a trophy after we beat Michigan State, and we learned that week that there was a trophy. So it's kind of like some, you know, unique or odd rivalries, per se, that I guess most people don't know about. Uh, so I wouldn't say that the trophy is added incentive, but it definitely, um, 
it adds to the hype about the week. And, uh, you know, anytime the word rivalry is thrown around, um, it means something a little bit more in the locker room. But to me personally, this this game, uh, Cincinnati, you know, I say looking back to my childhood has given me the biggest heartbreak of my fandom. I remember vividly when Marty Gilliard and returned that kick and Cincinnati beat Pitt, I believe it was 45 to 44. Um, that was probably the most devastated I ever was as a fan. So I consider this to be a rivalry renewed for sure. Cincinnati started off the season one and oh, a home victory against Eastern Kentucky, 66 to 13, and will now face off against Pitt. Emory Jones was fantastic, 19 to 23, 345 yards, five touchdowns, and overall for the Bearcats, just dominating 30 first downs compared to 15 for Eastern Kentucky, 229 rushing yards, 438 total passing yards of the team for over 650 yards of total offense. But for Pitt, last week kind of showed what you wanted to see from guys like Phil Dracovic, veteran, Notre Dame, Boston College, final year of eligibility, now at Pitt. What is your experience with Dracovic? Did you have any battles with him in the Whippeal? And what have you noticed just overall from the veteran quarterback now coming in after replacing Keaton Slovis? And a lot of people seem really pleased with what they've seen from Phil early on in the process. Yeah, I mean, first off, Phil is a great person. Um, I've had a few, only a few interactions with him. Uh, we played each other in basketball in high school as well. Um, but he's obviously a phenomenal athlete. Um, there was a lot of hype about him in high school. He's a couple years younger than me. You know, obviously, you know, at Notre Dame, to Boston College, and now to Pitt, I'm excited for him to be back home. Uh, you know, there's something about Whippeal guys coming back home that I have a special connection with. Like, it's it's a small uh, fraternity, if you will. Um, so, you know, I, I'm really excited for him to experience some of the emotions and some of the feelings that that I felt uh, that final year at Pitt when um, when I came home, we, we won the ACC championship. Like, it was just, you know, being from Pittsburgh and coming home and playing for Pitt was an experience that I, that I couldn't even describe. Um, so I'm happy to see that the fans welcome him with open arms. And, uh, and yeah, there were some people, you know, skeptical or giving him some criticism last week. Uh, but I thought he played really efficient was the word, you know, he was 17 to 23 with a touchdown, um, only took one sack, you know, didn't make any mistakes. Um, he did exactly what we needed him to do and exactly what we expected him to do. I think against the team, like Wofford with, you know, no disrespect to Wofford, but they should, Pitt should be able to beat Wofford running their vanilla plays, even if Wofford knows exactly what Pitt's going to run. Pitt is just more physically dominant. They should be able to beat them running their basic plays and doing their bread and butter plays. Um, so I, they didn't ask too much of Phil. Um, you know, we didn't really get into the downfield passing game too much, but I'm excited to see more of that this week. So a lot of Daniel Carter at running back instead of Rodney Hammond. Do you think that's just because of how the game progressed? And do you expect to see more of Hammond this week? I, I do expect to see more of Hammond. Um, actually, I, I thought of this yesterday when I was I saw some old Cincinnati versus Pitt highlights um, of Deion Lewis. And watching Deion Lewis's running style and his stature and his frame reminds me a lot of Rodney Hammond. Um, so I think Rodney Hammond's going to have a, a – a really breakout game uh, 
this weekend. I think his number is going to get called a lot. I liked how last week we had the uh, committee of backs with Sebo, with Daniel Carter. Um, I think every back has a different skill set that complements each other really well. Um, you know, Daniel Carter obviously is extremely physical. Um, you know, he's your typical pit, downhill, tough, um, big running back, um, you know, obviously great in the red zone. Um, you know, Sebo is, is a good touch as well. He's flash. Um, and I think Rodney is a, is a good mix of both of them. So I think um, Rodney's a great all-purpose guy, but I think they all complement each other really well. And Bob Meems, Kedante Mumfield, Gavin Bartholomew. Those are the big three weapons for Dracovic. And again, I mean, when you play against Wofford, you want to get a lot of different guys in there. You're not being able to really get challenged as much as you would against a regular now Cincinnati being Big 12, Power 5 opponent. I would imagine that those guys are going to be seeing a lot more this week. And overall, though, the way that those guys prepare is pretty evident. And I'm sure that, you know, Mumfield was a guy in Bob Memes that came in later um, after, I believe, that you were there. So what have you noticed now that you've been away from the facility, at least as a player, from those guys in the way that they mesh in the current system? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny to see how, you know, the, the team reacts and, you know, and clicks form and, and just everybody meshes well together. You know, it's cool to see different personalities that I wasn't with there in the locker room and to, to learn about new guys. And I've heard nothing but great things about those guys. So, you know, last week I thought Phil did a great job of spreading the ball around, like you mentioned, to to Gavin, to Carter Johnson, to Canante, to Bub. Um, you know, every, everybody got a few touches where, like you said, I think this week they're going to hone in more on their main guys, Bub, Canante, and Gavin, and count on them to get a lot of touches, a lot of targets downfield. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I, I didn't know uh, Canante and Bub personally because we didn't uh, cross over at the same time, but I've, had, I've met them a handful of times now. And, um, you know, they're good people. Obviously, they're well-liked in the locker room, and um, I think Pitt fans are going to like them on Saturday afternoons as well. You're listening to Panthers Pathway. I'm Austin Bechtel, joined alongside Johnny Patrician, JP, former linebacker for the Pitt Panthers. As the Panthers prepare for Cincinnati this upcoming week, both teams are 1-0. Cincinnati win against Eastern Kentucky, 66-13 in Cincinnati this past this last week. And Pitt, the win against Wofford, final score 45-7. to This is also a tune-up game. I don't want to get into it too much, but want to bring up that it's a tune-up for West Virginia. And there's the possibility, a lot of people say it, maybe it's more so of a narrative that you could look past one team before going on against an ultimate rivalry game. Biggest rivalry game for Pitt. West Virginia did play Penn State to begin the season. But do you think that that maybe is in the back of some players' minds that, you know, maybe that they won't necessarily overlook Cincinnati, but that West Virginia is next week? Or is that just a media narrative that has kind of been brought up multiple times before that the players don't think about? Um, that's a great question. I think it depends on player to player. Uh, you know, I think I know I know Coach Narduzzi and his staff will do a great job this week of making sure the team focuses on Cincinnati and the game this weekend. Um, you know, as a player, sometimes you gotta pinch yourself and snap back into it if you catch yourself thinking about the, the opponent ahead because that's how you get you know upset and surprised uh, I remember in 2021 you know we beat 
at Tennessee, a good Tennessee team, you know, that was such an emotional victory. And then the next week we got upset against Western Michigan. Um, and I, I don't want to say we were looking past Western Michigan, but, you know, ACC play was right around the corner. Um, I think we were coming off of a high versus Tennessee. And then same thing later in the year when we beat Clemson at home. And then next week we got upset versus Miami. So I think it's really important to, you know, focus on the task ahead and not downplay any of your opponents and not look ahead to your point, um, to West Virginia. But, um, I think, you know, it's easier said than done, but focusing on the opponent at hand and one week at a time is, um, you know, is what a lot of head coaches preach and uh, they'll, they'll do a good job of focusing on that this week. On the defensive side of the ball, another Whitfield guy, MJ Devonshire has been really the unquestioned leader of the secondary. And it was really, at least for me, the breakout came for him last season with the pick six against West Virginia. And that put his name truly on the map, at least nationally, especially. And to be able to see him develop as a Whitfield guy and some of the other guys that, you know, maybe have not seen as much time yet, but guys like Sean Fitzsimmons, Elliot Donald, uh, Nakai Johnson, those type of players. I want to harp back on Pat Narduzzi really trying to stick with guys in the area, Whitfield guys, bringing Phil back. Have the importance of being able to win and win with your local guys that are only in like a 15-mile radius of each other, 20-mile radius, having those guys not carry the program, but be key parts of it. And that's one thing that for you being able to come back and experience, I'm sure is a part of your football life and football journey as well as some of these guys that's important. It's extremely important for the program and for these guys as individuals. I think, you know, traditionally and historically, there's so much talent in Western Pennsylvania and and in Pittsburgh uh, from a high school perspective. And I think, you know, if Pitt can get the best players in the Whippeal and in Pittsburgh to stay home every year, then that's a great foundation to build your program on. Um, I know, obviously, there's going to be some guys that get away, you know, some guys that are big-time national recruits. Um, but even if we can get those guys to stay, um, I think that's going to be good for the pro- – obviously, good for the program down the road. And there's something to be said about being from Pittsburgh and playing for your hometown – you know, everybody preaches that, everybody says it, but actually doing it is, is another thing. And I can speak from experience that, you know, it's something that I'm so glad that I did um, because it, it, it was an experience, you know, unlike anything I could have ever predicted. So I'm excited for these Whippeal guys and Pittsburgh guys to have that experience themselves. There's a certain uh, love from the fans and you know, the fans that watched you in high school and your family that's, that's close by and that can come see you play, um, there's a special connection. And I really think that Pitt fans and, and the program really look out for the guys from Pittsburgh. So um, all those guys that you mentioned will have big parts and play big roles in the, in the program in the future. And, um, you know, and, and they're going to be celebrated by the fans as well. And Cincinnati has a ton of guys that are either Cincinnati, Toledo, Columbus, you know, maybe a farther range, if you will, than just completely Whippeal guys being focused in that specific area. But Cincinnati with so many guys in their own radius as well, this has to be important to them. But one thing that is kind of a shame is that this game has not been played in 10 years. And it's a part of conference realignments and just the nature of college football right now. I'm curious your thoughts as a former Pitt linebacker, former player for both Pitt and Penn State, two different conferences – 
and how those teams don't play because of different conferences. Same thing with West Virginia and now Cincinnati. What it's like, because for a lot of people our age now, those rivalries don't mean as much to somebody in their 40s or in their 50s to where it was played every single season. You knew when it was going to be played. You knew the specific weekend it was going to be every single year. And now that is just not the case. What is your viewpoint on college football as a whole and those rivalries not being as important, I guess, at least in the minds of some as they used to be? You know, it's, it's sad. Um, it's, it's bittersweet. Uh, I think, you know, growing up for me, West Virginia, West Virginia was Pitt's rival. <clears throat> um, I never really got to see Pitt and Penn State play each other. So to me, Pitt and Penn State was never a rivalry. Um, but when I left Penn State to go to Pitt, I got so much backlash, you know, on Twitter from Penn State fans and and people all around. Um, you know, how could you transfer to your rival? But but to me, I never saw it like that. You know, Pitt and Penn State, you know, they haven't played each other in my lifetime, at least to, to a game that I could remember. Um, and so um, so that that never even that was never my thought. Uh, but to me, Pitt's true rival was was West Virginia. And, uh, you know, the backyard brawl, you know, Morgantown's 45 minutes from Pittsburgh. Um, so I, I love that rivalry. I wish Pitt and West Virginia played each other every year. Um, and I, obviously I wish Pitt and Penn State played each other every year. Um, so I think keeping rivalries um, or, or in-state games um, are so important for the two fan bases. Um the cultures, the programs, everybody gets up for it. It's so fun. It's electric. Actually, uh, Dr. Pepper has a good commercial out right now talking about the conference realignments. And it's it's a, a joke where two fans of, of opposing rivalry teams who are going into different conferences, they're leaving each other. And it's like a, a relationship breakup. And they're like, <laughs> wait, so you're telling us we have to get a new rival? And it's just like, it, it's so fitting because like you learn to – love to hate these teams, but, you know, you respect the team. So I think, you know, starting a new rivalry is, is difficult. And um, I, I, I like the traditional historical ones. And I think it's fun for Pitt fans to be able to have – how many schools can you really say? Because Cincinnati, for a lot of Pitt fans, is a rival. To have Cincinnati, Penn State, West Virginia. Three, yeah. you know, real true rivals. I mean, that's got to be really special. A lot of schools don't have that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think West Virginia is the, the most notable rival. Um, you know, there's there's clashes, like you mentioned, with Cincinnati over the years, back in the Big East days, um, which I guess, you know, you could argue that many games back in the Big East were rivalries because they were all, you know, bloodbath, tough games um, and cold weather. Um, so I think, and especially the few battles, like I mentioned with Marty Gilliard and Tony with Marty Gilliard and Tony Pike and those guys, um, those are definitely some rivalry type games. So, um, you know, as, as far as Pitt goes, like I said, I think West Virginia is their biggest rival, but um, I think you can have some, I think there's levels to it, you know, definitely other teams that, that you don't like as well. So let's look at Cincinnati a little bit with Emory Jones, their quarterback at a great performance in week one Corey Kiner at running back also rushed for over 100 yards had a long of 54 that was put in there as well on 13 carries 
what do you want to see from the Panthers and being able to stop Cincinnati's explosive offensive attack? You know, I, I love Coach Pat Narduzzi's defense. And, you know, it's statistically one of the best. You know, they have, they've had great success with it over the past few years. Um, obviously, number one in the country in sacks the past five years. And, and, you know, I think that's something to be proud of. So they clearly get after the quarterback. Obviously, like you mentioned, Emory Jones is a dual threat guy. He can throw it and run it. He's very explosive. And dual threat quarterbacks really can kind of be the kryptonite to Coach Narduzzi's defense. Um, you know, guys that can throw it and run it like Emory Jones can because Coach Narduzzi's defense is so aggressive. He brings a lot of pressure. And that if you have a quarterback that can get out of there, scramble, escape, extend the play, and throw downfield, that's really what, what gets Pitt in trouble. So um, I'm interested to see how they keep him contained, keep him in the pocket, and force them to beat him with his arm. And he is somebody with a great resume to his name. He had 20 games of starting experience during starts at Arizona State and Florida. So he's played in the Pac-12, which is now, I guess, the Pac-2. Maybe right. at, this, at this point, plus the SEC completed 64% of his passes through for just about 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns and 45 career games. He started 12 games at Florida in 2021, had 2,700 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, also had 750 rushing yards. So he's somebody that's a dual threat on the ground and also being able to pass the ball with relative ease. And he had 209 passing yards, 144 rushing yards, and a win over Tennessee to being named SEC Co-Offensive Player of the Week in 2021. He's a former four-star recruit, top 100 prospect at a high school. He was in the 2018 Under, Under Armour All-American game. I mean, he's somebody with a laundry list of things that he has done that Pitt has to look out for. He's somebody very explosive. Yeah, he's been around college football for a while. He's well-known. Um, he's experienced. He's definitely seen his fair share of defenses and looks, so I'm sure there's nothing that, you know, he hasn't seen. Um, clearly talented. Um, you know, it looks like as of his performance last week that him and Cincinnati is, is going to fit well together. Obviously, you don't know too much about their opponents. Um, but – so Pitt's going to be a true test for him. And I think he's going to view this as, you know, a coming out party and to, you know, put his name back on the map. And because, uh, you know, bouncing around from school to school to school, um, you know, some people start to write you off. So uh, I think both for Phil and Emory Jones, they're both at their third school now. So I both think they have something to prove to everybody on a national stage. And uh, this weekend is going to be a great place to do it. Corey Kiner was named. Mr. Football for the state of Ohio in 2020. He previously played at LSU in 2021 before transferring back home. He's a Cincinnati kid. 2022, 362 total yards, five touchdowns in 10 games in his first year with Cincinnati. Now as a junior, playing for the Bearcats, had a really good game last week, over 100 yards. He's another guy that is a player to watch, if you will, for the Cincinnati attack. And somebody else who has been an SEC transfer to now play in the Big 12 from one of, if not the best conference in all of college football, to be able to move and play in the Big 12 in Cincinnati, that's got to bring a lot of experience. And I would imagine as a junior, too, just a veteran that that roster can kind of depend on because they've seen so much football. And they've seen so much 
from the conference that has won the national championship. How many times Georgia back to back years? Yeah, yeah, extremely. Like like we talked about, you know, there's a lot of experience, a lot of older veterans in that locker room, so they're not going to be nervous. You know, they're not going to be phased coming into a, a big pro stadium at Pitts. Um, I'm sure it's going to be an exciting atmosphere there, but it's nothing that those guys haven't seen before. Like you said, those guys have played in the Big 12 and the SEC. Um, so, you know, they're, they're ready for this matchup. I'm sure they're not afraid of Pitt. Um, they definitely respect Pitt. But um, I think beating Pitt and, uh, would, would mean a lot to them. And also, they view this as a game, um, you know, that can put them on the map individually. You know, having a big game against the historical defense of Pitt, um, that, that holds a lot of weight around the country. So that's the Cincinnati side. I'm Austin Bechtel, joined alongside Johnny Patrician, former Pitt linebacker. What's the Pitt side? Do you think the scouting report to be able to go out and defeat Cincinnati? Some of the things that we took away from last week, but also just that you want to see overall from this team in preparation for the matchup. Yeah, well, I thought, you know, Phil, like I mentioned earlier, I thought Phil was really efficient last week. Um, you know, he, he didn't throw downfield that often. And I think that, you know, they want to keep everything pretty vanilla. Um, so this week, I think they're going to open it up for him. They're going to give him more of a responsibility to throw downfield. I'd like to see him, you know, target Kanate Mumfield and Bub Means a lot more this week. I think he will do that. And uh, also use his safety nets in Carter Johnson and Gavin Bartholomew. Um, I think last week, you know, was sort of, a, you know, a, a preview. We were getting his feet wet. Um, but also, I, I'm really excited to see that last week, you know, they had some designed runs for Phil. I mean, clearly, we know he's mobile. He's athletic. Um, you know, last year with Keaton, Keaton's more of a pocket passer. And so they didn't have any design runs for him. But Phil adds that element of toughness. He's big. You know, he can run downhill and it gives you another threat to worry about defensively. Um, as, term, as, as far as the defensive side of the ball goes for Pitt, you know, I, I, I like to see them, you know, do what they always do. They get after the quarterback. They play aggressive. Um, I'd like to see as a team, I want them to clean things up a little bit. They had seven penalties last week compared to Wofford's two. Um, there's no reason why Wofford should be, you know, more disciplined and have less penalties than Pitt does. Um, so I'd like to see them clean that up a little bit. I'm glad that they got their first win out of the way. Uh, you know, this week is going to be a, a night game. So everybody's going to be watching. Um, but I think you got to rely on the upperclassmen, the veterans of this team, you know, David Green, Phil Dracovic, uh, Jake Cradle, um, you know, all the guys that have been there in big games like this, um, I think they're going to lead the way. So overall, what is your score prediction? What are you expecting to see from Pitt in the last game before West Virginia next week? Hmm. And I, I didn't mention MJ in the, in the last in the last bit. I, I'm excited to see him and have an impact on the game in many ways, not only on defense, but also on special teams in the return game. Um my prediction for this game is I'm going to say I'm going to say Pitt comes out victorious 24 to 17. Oh, we got a one 20, score game. A one score game. I think um I think the defense is going to hold Emory Jones in check. Um you know, they're going to put pressure on him, but they'll also keep him contained. Um I think the offense is going to control the ball, you know, with time possession. They're going to win the turnover battle and uh, they're going to play safe, clean football. 
We're going to run a lot, and Phil's going to throw as much as he needs to to get a victory. Um, you know, I, I don't think we can expect or want Phil to throw for, you know, 300 yards every week. I think if he throws for, you know, 200 and a touchdown and, you know, keeps it clean, no turnovers, um, I think that's our recipe is, is owning the football, owning the possession, the clock, and uh, controlling it and, um, you know, w- winning that way. I like Pitt, 31 to 24. I think just the way that the team has progressed, and it's a little bit of an, I would say, team that is looking to fight and looking to try to find something after last week against Wofford. A week one game against a team that, you know, you know that you're not going to get too much of a challenge against. Now being able to face off against Cincinnati at home, I like what Jerkovic has brought to the team so far. I think they're going to lean on Rodney Hammond. Still a pretty veteran offensive line that has had a ton of fifth-year seniors in the past couple of years. And I like the defensive side of the ball with how guys like Devonshire is going to command. And, you know, there's no more Kalaja Kansi. Servassier Dennis is not on this team anymore. Who's going to step up? Hayes on the defensive line is somebody that I'm looking out for and targeting as, you know, somebody who I want to see continue to make strides, continue to make a bigger jump and bigger jump to the point of where he is a consensus top guy in the first couple of rounds of the NFL draft. And the same case goes for Devonshire and how he continues to develop because he's probably an NFL guy at some point. Pat Narduzzi has continued to rave about his leadership, his mentality, and how he's pretty much the quarterback of the defense. So I like what the Panthers bring to the table in this game. And I don't think that they're going to look past Cincinnati before going into West Virginia. I just don't expect Narduzzi to have his team thinking any other way and to not look past another team and focus on what the task is at hand. So, Johnny, before I let you go, I just want to ask your overall thoughts on now that you are a couple years removed from the program, your thoughts on the current state of the Pitt football team and how much communication you have with guys who are either recruits and trying to get them to join the Panthers or also some of the current guys as you are now currently in a new role right now, still trying to get back into the game, but also joining us on the media side of it. Yeah, yeah. it's You know, it's interesting. I kind of have a – you know, a hand in many different pots right now. Um, best of both worlds. You know, it, it's fun experiencing, you know, new things on the media side, but it's kind of cool to see things from a different perspective. Um, I still talk to guys on the team every day. You know, some of my best friends are on the team. Um, and, you know, that was the same way as last year. So, and I think that's something that never changes. Um, you know, those are relationships that we created that will, will never die. Um, you know, we want a, a, a conference championship together and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to relate over that forever. Um, so especially, and I feel that way with the players and with the staff, I'm extremely close with the staff. Um, coach Narduzzi and I were just texting yesterday. Um, you know, I talked to coach Manilak all the time, uh, coach Sanders, you know, guys in the recruiting department. So, I mean, I'm very tied in and, um, you know, I, I don't want that to ever change. You know, I, I love the way the landscape of pit football is right now. Uh, I'm a proud Pitt football alum. I grew up a Pitt fan. Um, I'll root for Pitt for the rest of my life. And um, so I'm, I'm proud of where the program is at right now, and I think it's trending in the right direction. Um, I think Coach Narduzzi is the perfect guy for the job. He's prideful about Pittsburgh and the university. Um, you know, he's tough. He's gritty. I think he embodies everything that we do as a city, which is hard to find. Um, you know, 
And I think what he's done with the program over the past few years, you know, people got to realize it takes a while to instill a culture and to get the players you want and to get your systems to work the way you want them to. And once you finally get in a routine and, you know, you build a reputation for your staff and for your program, that's when things can take off. So I think he's well-respected around the conference and in the country. And uh, I think things are only going to get bigger. So I'm excited for him. I think he's making all the right decisions. And, uh, you know, all we got to do now is stack momentum seasons off of momentum seasons. Uh, so we're, we're riding high right now. And I think this is really an important season uh, to build on. So I think, you know, we had two successful years last year and the year before. And um, I think it's going to continue to trend upward. Johnny, really appreciate your time. It's 630 against Cincinnati. Week number two for the Panthers at home at Acrisure Stadium. That game will be carried on the CW, which is now KDKA Plus. Or the CW, I think this game will be on, if you're DirecTV like like me, I think 20, it'll be 22. The old 22, the point it'll be carried on, which is now the new CW affiliate as the old CW is now KDKA Plus. So 6.30 kickoff time in the city of Pittsburgh. Back-to-back home games for the Panthers before taking on West Virginia on the road. Pitt hosted WVU last year in the backyard brawl. Now will be on the road. But still, the Cincinnati rivalry is renewed without the paddlewheel trophy being given out at the end. Who knows? Maybe it'll make a surprise appearance. Or maybe somebody in the stands will pay $5,000 to have one and bring it into the stands just for the fun of everybody. JP, really appreciate it, man. Austin, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate the time. Talk Panthers Pathway, Episode 2. I'm Austin Bechtold signing off as the Panthers are ready to go facing off against the Cincinnati Bearcats as the rivalry is renewed.